Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Scoop episode. Who needs Judd Zolgad? Judd Zolgad went down to Vikings practice, so uh, the succession plan, the Kellen Mond, if you will, is already in play, Darren Doogie Wolfson. I'm stepping in for Kirk. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, Judd's probably really upset that I just compared him to Kirk Cousins, although his bank account probably wouldn't hate it. I don't think I don't think I don't think you have any gripe with the bank account of, of Kirk Cousins if he was Judd Zolgad. No, he would not. Good to see you, Declan, as somebody who's now in his forties. Yeah. So you're way younger. So you may not understand this reference, but in many ways, it's entirely possible. Let's have a review in about thirty minutes. We can figure out how well you did, but it's entirely possible, knowing how good you are at this, <laughs> that Declan Judd Zolgad is Wally Pip. Okay. That you are Lou Gehrig. Yeah. That you are that good. So when talking about a succession plan, yeah, this is great. So yeah, Judd's out at TCO Performance Center, Declan. Lots going on out there. I hope to make it out there on Thursday. Although, okay. how about this? I just stumbled into a conversation with Derek Falvey. Oh, nice. Twins president of operations. That likely will take place Thursday morning. So that may mess with my plans to attend Vikings minicamp. Although, Declan, I don't know where you stand on this, but like oftentimes, especially on social media, people ask me, hey, how does, speaking of Kellen Mond, how does Mond look? Right. How does so-and-so look? My comeback more often than not is, ask me August 1st when <laughs> the pads go on, when the full pads right. go on. Now, can he spin the ball? Sure. Like we have right now, I mean, Joe Schmidt is representing us on the TV side out there. We have a photojournalist, Jeff Briachi, chronicling all the happenings. We can shoot the entire minicamp practice. So when I go to the office later today, I'll watch the film. I get to watch nice, man. and I get to watch it multiple times. So like I have a working knowledge, but like with them, not in full pads, I can only glean so much. So like, there's a lot to like, but like, let's circle back to those questions come August. Yeah. Let's not ask those questions May and June. Yeah. When, when Clint Kubiak gives you a call to sit down and watch the tape with, uh, with, with Kellen Mott, I'm sure you and him can definitely break it down. Uh, a couple quarterbacks just absolutely slinging it. Uh, Dukes, let's start here. Obviously, uh, yesterday, the big news, Daniil Hunter getting his contract restructured. Rob Brzezinski, the wizard. I mean, my God, just give him to the keys of the city. I think the Duke could absolutely, I know we got a good budget surplus here on, on a different angle in, in Minnesota. At the same time, this guy can absolutely rework a budget. He gets Daniil Hunter happy. It gives the Vikings more flexibility to possibly pay him, I know, in March. And now, right before you and I just hit record, the news came down. It is official. Sheldon Richardson back in the fold with the Minnesota Vikings. So what can you tell us on the Daniil Hunter and the Minnesota Vikings cap room front? Rob Brzezinski is a ninja. It's a reminder, yet another reminder, going back many, many years, Declan. 
why so many other NFL franchises have tried to get Rob the heck out of here, offering him big-time money, big-time incentives. You know, but Rob is firmly entrenched here in the Twin Cities community. His wife does unbelievable work in the community. They've adopted multiple kids. Like, this is home. So Rob has never been tempted, even though the money has been there if he wanted to leave. But, yeah, you think about it. So Daniil reworks his contract. He doesn't get any new money, Declan, but you're right. Like, being in contact yesterday with some people that know Daniil, also some people that were down at Exos in Arizona where he's done a lot of his training, like, they tell me he's in phenomenal shape. Like, when Daniil talks to us, it won't be today, but I imagine now, who knows, maybe he declines and waits until training camp, but there is a possibility that Daniil will talk to us either Wednesday or Thursday, or even if it's in July. When he does talk to us, it's when, not if. He'll talk to us at some point here, you know, before, you know, the first preseason game. He is going to tell us that this is the best he's felt in a really long time. That now many, many, many months removed from that very serious neck surgery, but not having the wear and tear of playing all those downs in the 2020 season, that he feels really, really good. Now, they are holding him back today. He is just watching minicamp practice from the side. There's really no reason to throw him right into the fire. They just they want to evaluate for themselves exactly where he's at from a physical standpoint. But I'm just told he feels great. So essentially, you're right. What this has done, you know, in you know, very you know, minuscule terms, is Daniel has set himself up to get paid big time money next year when the cap goes yeah. significantly up that that he feels like the way you know his body is is responding right now that we will see the Daniel Hunter we saw 2018 2019 that Daniel feels like he is going to have a monster year and if he does and the Vikings see that they are going to pay him the Vikings have a history of taking care of their own at that point 2 years left on his contract the Vikings redid Adam Thielen's contract with 2 years that Daniel Hunter will get the big payday the big, big payday come next March or next offseason, that that is coming. But the way they reworked the deal with him getting this money now in terms of a signing bonus, that does offer him some insurance in the event something catastrophic happens. If if come the first day of training camp, you know, he blows out his knee, tears his Achilles, the neck acts up, he does get some of that money forwarded to him. So the Vikings, if they wanted to just cut him, kick him to the curb, he now gets that money accelerated in terms of, of a signing bonus. But what the Vikings did by doing that is create some additional cap space. So before that move, the Vikings, Declan, had, according to NFLPA records, that a few of us in the media have access to. I looked the other day. The Vikings were at $11.8 million in cap space. Well, with Daniil, the reworking of his deal, they create another close to 3 to $4 million. So the Vikings had about $15 million in cap space. So they go ahead and sign Sheldon Richardson – Sheldon is back, played over 900 snaps last year for the Cleveland Browns, a good defense in Cleveland, a good team. So he's physically in a really good spot. Like the Vikings did have some interest in Geno Atkins. There is a history, Mike Zimmer, Cincinnati, Paul Gunther, who's now on the Vikings staff, Cincinnati ties. But Geno is coming off a surgery. Geno this second, now he's a couple weeks away from being cleared, but this second, Declan, Geno Atkins is not cleared for football activity. You know what you're getting in Sheldon Richardson. He was a rock-solid player here in 2018. So the Vikings get a deal done with Sheldon. I mentioned on the Scoop podcast last night, 
one-year deal. We now have the money. Somebody texted me. I think our buddy Tom Palacero tweeted it out before I could get to the keyboard. One year, $3.6 million of base with, I'm told, pretty reachable incentives that, mm-hmm. that the money's going to get over $4 million, that it could get upwards to four three five four four. But bottom line, he gets his three six. Now, Mary Kay Cabot, who does a great job covering the Browns, I used to do some fill-in work on Sirius Satellite NFL Radio. Yeah. We used to have her on on Saturday mornings. She is really, really good. She has covered the Browns for a really long time. She reported on Monday, Declan, that the Browns made Sheldon a really nice offer. So it sounds like he just decided after the Browns kicked him to the curb that he said, screw you, Cleveland. You didn't want me at the number you had me at. I'm not coming back there. That, in fact, he took less money to come back here to Mm. Minnesota. Maybe not significantly less, but he took less money to come back here to Minnesota. So, yeah, Sheldon Richardson, as we speak, on the practice field, wearing number nine. Dude, what can you tell us, too, about Sheldon's? Obviously, I know he just had the one season here in Minnesota. What, that was 2018? He was brought in here just for one year. Um, bounced around a little bit. When, I know he was at Cleveland last season, but clearly he, he likes Mike Zimmer's defense. And I also got to believe, after watching what happened last year in the in the shortened pandemic season, the limited OTAs, the no training camp, nothing in person, I got to imagine Zimmer and even also Andre Patterson to that factor and, and obviously co-defensive coordinator, his son and Adam Zimmer, are probably thriving knowing that they have depth, not just a, a, on a good defense, but veterans who they get to work with and not rookies who basically are going from college with no pro days and no no training camps right into now training camp with veterans like Patrick Peterson, Sheldon Richardson. I have to imagine Sheldon coming back had a lot to do with just the veteran presence and what he knows in Mike Zimmer's defense. Yes, and the need to generate a pass rush from the interior. And you brought up Andre Patterson's name. Andre has a lot to do with this move, that Sheldon and Andre – have an incredible bond. Yes, you can mention Mike Zimmer's defense, but right. I'm telling you, like Andre, like tip of the hat if you're a Vikings fan to Andre Patterson. Andre Patterson had a lot to do with Sheldon Richardson coming back here. But yeah, I mean, I'm not going on on a limb to suggest, Declan, that Mike Zimmer was incredibly pissed off <laughs> with how his defense performed last year, that that was the outlier. That was the mirage. That's not the trend. Mike Zimmer coaches really good defenses. He did not want to go into this season with uncertainty interior of the defensive line. Look at the defensive tackles from last year, the guys that that played a lot of snaps, Jaleel Johnson, Shamar Steffen. Now look at who they have with Dalvin Tomlinson, with Michael Pierce deciding to play after opting out last year. Now with Sheldon Richardson. So big-time jump up in experience, in talent, interior of the defensive line. Then you look at the cornerback position. Cam Dantzler, Jeff Gladney playing all those snaps last year. You bring in Patrick Peterson. You bring in Bashad Breland. You bring back Mackenzie Alexander. They're just – there's this trust factor, right? It also speaks volumes of – and I know, you know, our good buddy Patrick Royce scoffs at at this term, but – the culture yes. that they have built there at TCO Performance Center, that guys like Alexander, Stephen Weatherly, Sheldon Richardson wanted to come back, right? There is something to be said about that. So, hey, the pieces are in place for them to make a significant run. It's an uber-challenging schedule. Make no mistake about that, right? Yep. When you're playing the NFC West, when you're playing the AFC North, one of your extra games is against the Cowboys, 
you know, if, if Dak can survive the entire year, I mean, Dallas has a lot of talented players, you know, so you have to play Dallas, you know, and, and you played them last year, but they didn't have Dak, you know, so if Dak can stay healthy, you've got that 17th game against Justin Herbert and the LA Chargers out there, you know, so you have the extra road game. So make no mistake about it, Declan, it's a really challenging schedule. But they feel like, and I mean, heck, they felt this way even before the Sheldon Richardson re-edition, that they could make a significant run this year. But yeah, expectations are incredibly high from the ownership group, the Wilfs on down, that there is an expectation that this is a double-digit win team, that they can make some noise come January. That there's also a history, by the way, of Mike Zimmer in odd-numbered years, right, 2015, 2017, 2019, here in 2021, that Mike Zimmer can lead this team to the playoffs. So, yeah, this is just – it's another good move. They've managed – you know, let's not forget the the salary cap dipped. Yeah, They've done as good a job of managing the salary cap going back to March as any team in the league. Doogie, what else can you tell us about? I know Kellen Mond just signed his contract, did the third-round pick. Um, what, what are we at here for Vikings draft picks? Are the majority of them signed? Are there still just a couple more left? Or are, has, has Rob Brzezinski and Rick Spielman been able to sign most of this uh, rookie draft class so far? Yeah, so Kellen Mond is a done deal. I tweeted that out this morning. Chris Thomason of the Pioneer Press had some initial steam, but I'm able to advance it and say, hey, it's it's now a done deal. You know, we're debating some language in the contract. It's not like there's a whole lot of leeway for these agents to negotiate these rookie contracts. They still have... Uh, some guys, Wyatt Davis, for example, right, Declan? Like, we foresee – well, maybe I don't want to speak for you, but I foresee yeah. – I know many fans foresee him starting. Like, come that game – what is it, September 12th, week one at Cincinnati, uh, I foresee Wyatt Davis being a starting offensive lineman, that he will start at right guard. Well, technically, he's not signed yet, but, like, is there anything to worry about in that regard? No. They have a couple other draft picks that they still need to get signed, but – I wouldn't worry about that. The next order of business truly is wanting to extend Brian O'Neill, wanting to extend Harrison Smith. I checked a few days ago. I haven't checked in the last 72 to 96 hours, but going back five-ish days, I'm told uh, talks have not picked up, at least on the O'Neill front, that, that those talks likely will pick up. They may even pick up here this week into next week. A lot of the Viking staff will take off for a while after July 4th, heading into July 4th weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, then those first couple weeks of July, that's a good time for, for Viking staff members to get in vacation time right. before things ramp up with training camp, you know, and, and all the logistics that go into, you know, just finalizing all training camp plans. You know, training camp will start, I think it's July 27th, you know, but you need to be back in the building by, you know, July 18th, July 19th, whatever it is, to start finalizing all the training camp plans. But a lot of guys take vacation you know, July 1st until, you know, the 15th or whatever it is. You know, so those O'Neill contract talks may pick up here this week into next. If not, they'll pick up there in mid-July. But that is something the Vikings are aiming to do. O'Neill wants to be here long-term. So the Vikings will at some point here in the near future work diligently to extend Brian O'Neill. They also do want to extend Harrison Smith. So those would be the, the two orders of business that Vikings fans should keep an eye on here as training camp starts here in late July. Doogie, transitioning to uh, the basketball court, uh, Glenn Taylor and the potential sale to Mark Lohr and Alex Rodriguez. 
Um, obviously, that that is still being finalized. The league has yet to approve it, but I know it's, it's basically are, are we at ele- are we at the eleven o'clock hour? Basically, is Cinderella's? Uh, I don't know where I can get to midnight, but I know we're we're getting close to that deal being finali- finalized by the league. What can you tell us about the Wolves sale to Mark Lohr and Alex Rodriguez? Yeah, I was told July, Declan, uh, that that approval will come, but Alex and Mark are buying in only at twenty percent. That to me is the fascinating part of this Meyer Orbach lawsuit, the Glenn Taylor counter that came out on Monday, these court filings that are public knowledge, public information. You know, you might have to dig a little bit, but those those filings are all there for everybody to see. You know, so thankfully, you know, on our news side, on, on the TV side, you know, one of the guys at the assignment desk, I, I haven't read through every, you know, fine-tooth detail, but in my work inbox... I've got the Glenn Taylor counter to to what Meyer put out there a few weeks ago. So a part of that, we now know it's 20%. And I knew it wasn't a significant amount right off the bat because Glenn Taylor on the Scoop podcast in early May, going back about five weeks, had mentioned that along the way, that's part of the succession plan, right? We talk succession plans, Declan. That's part of the succession plan where Alex and Mark won't technically take over as majority owners for two and a half years, part of that, actually a large part of that, is they need to get their financing in order. Like right this second, they don't have $1.5 billion to hand over to Glenn Taylor, right? So they will, you know, gradually work up to, like Glenn owns about 68 to 69% of the Wolves, right? Because he's got a bunch of limited partners, Mm -hmm. right? So Alex and Mark eventually will get over that 50% threshold But it's not like Alex and Mark are going to own 95% of the Wolves. They'll just be over the 50% threshold where they can then be considered majority owners. When it comes to Glenn and Meyer, it's a billionaire arguing with a multi, 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 multi millionaire. I think it's a lot of minutia for most fans. For me, it's fascinating to read through everything when I have a chance to. But I think for a lot of fans, all they care about is, okay, when it comes to Alex and Mark, Will that still take place? All signs point to that still taking place. But I'm telling you, they do, Declan, they do need to get their financing in yeah. order. Like, I did think they had a little bit more money than, than what's uh, out there right now. I thought they were going to buy in at, at, you know, closer to 30 to 33 to 35% initially. You know, and that's why I thought the two-and-a-half-year window wasn't real realistic, that they would like to take over as majority owners sooner than two-and-a-half years. But only buying in at 20%, I say only, I mean, that's still hundreds of millions of dollars, right. but only buying in at 20%, it's going to be a gradual process for them to, to become majority owners. And that's where Glenn is saying, I'm still the majority owner, so I don't know what Meyer is talking about, that he wants his money right away. That Meyer, in an ideal world, Meyer wanted to be the one taking over as majority owner. That's mm-hmm. why Meyer bought in initially years ago, that he thought – he would be in a position to become the next majority owner. So I'm sure there's some hurt feelings. I have reached out to him. He hasn't gotten back to me, but I'd love to hear from him at some point, maybe when all this is resolved. You know, and I don't know what the judge will ultimately decide, but like, you know, Glenn's saying, I'm still the majority owner, so I don't need to give Meyer his money for this transaction. Alex and Mark are not buying in as majority owners. Meyer is saying, hey, with this, with this ownership stake being bought by Alex and Mark, 
you know, that triggers a clause in, in my deal with you, Glenn, where you then, if I want to sell my share, I sell it immediately and you need to pay me immediately. So that's what this is coming down to, that Meyer wants his millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. Right now, Glenn is saying, we're still a couple of years out, Meyer, from, from you getting your money. You will get your money. It's just a ways out. But yeah, just adds to the drama, doesn't it, Declan, yeah. that, that it's one thing after another. I mean, the Wolves over the years, even when they've been rock bottom, they provide us plenty of fodder. And yes, this just, do. this adds to it, right? I mean, we should be talking about the excitement, even though it's only a 27.6% chance. But right now, we should be talking about, you know, having some fun next Tuesday, right? It's lottery night next Tuesday. That's what we should be talking about. The Combine starts mm-hmm. next week, right? The Wolves have brought guys in already for draft workouts. They have some more guys coming in later this week for draft workouts. But, hey, guess what? As of right now, the Wolves don't even have a draft pick yeah. this year. They don't have a second-round pick. And if they don't end up landing in the top three lottery night, they won't have a first-round pick. But they still need to assemble a summer league team. They assemble an Iowa Wolves roster. Like That's probably what we should be talking about, potential yep. trade targets. Right. I mean, if the Wolves wanted to, I've been asked this question, Declan, if the Wolves wanted to, I checked with Bobby Marks. How about that for a name drop? Former member of of the Nets front office now does great work for ESPN. I texted Bobby the other day because I wanted some clarity on this. He told me if the Wolves wanted to make a trade right this second, they could. Now, is there a reason to? Probably not. And it's not like they can trade with the Phoenix Suns. The team's still alive. They can't make a trade right now with the Milwaukee Bucks. But if the Wolves wanted to make a trade right this second, with the New York Knicks, another team that's been eliminated, the Wolves could do that. But again, there's no reason to until the Wolves see what shakes out on lottery night. Like a lot of things will change for the Wolves in a good way, but a lot of things will change if they end up with a top three pick. So there's no reason for the Wolves to make a trade right now. But like those are the things we should be talking about when discussing the Wolves, yet we're talking about uh, the ownership fiasco situation. Well, perfect transition, Dukes, because I think also um... – you know, I, I was listening to your Scoop podcast uh, the other day that you just posted, and I know Chris Finch is rounding out his assistants, correct? And he's still trying to figure out who's going to coach the G League down there. So th- there are things internally that are obviously still happening at Target Center. Chris Finch building the next era of Wolves, moving on from the Ryan Saunders era. And as you said, there's draft targets that still could be brought in. I know there's a bunch up in the year, like right, like what you said, 27% chance, right, that the Wolves get one of those top three picks, and hopefully they do so they have someone to bring in. But are, are they starting to bring in people just obviously for the preparation, or are they not going to start doing those like in-person interviews until they actually know next Tuesday night once the lottery unfolds? Well, they'll do some in-person interviews at the Combine in Chicago regardless. Yeah, plans will change if they land in the top three. Yeah. Like if you're Jalen Suggs right now, you know, former Minnehaha Academy star, if, if you're his representation at Wasserman, you're not really inclined to have Jalen sit down with the Wolves because why? Like that would be a waste of time. But if the Wolves end up with pick two, okay, then sure. You want Jalen to have FaceTime with the hometown Wolves. But a lot of the guys they're bringing in right now, Declan, it's tied to the July 7th date where July 7th is the date where you need to decide if you're staying draft eligible or if you're going back to college. So like I think about a local kid. Dawson Garcia, McDonald's All-American, Prior Lake High School, just had a good freshman year at Marquette. He is going through the pre-draft process. He will be in Chicago at the Combine. He'll actually take part initially in the G League 
combine. There's a G League combine. Then some guys will earn their way into playing games, you know, the the true NBA draft combine. So Dawson, he'll be in Chicago. The scouts will all be there, so he'll have plenty of eyeballs on him. So Dawson will get a bunch of feedback. Then he can decide whether he wants to stay in the draft or go back to college. That deadline, again, is July 7th. So the Wolves have brought some guys in that, like, this big man from Florida, Castleton, Colin Castleton, he was in last week. He has the option, if he wants to go back and play college basketball, he can. So, like, coming here for a workout gives him an opportunity to get feedback. Okay, you know, listen to Gerson. Listen to others in the Wolves front office. They will tell you, hey, kid, you're ready for the NBA, or, hey, son, you should go back to college, and you need to work on this, this, and this. And one year from now, if you work on all that and you improve your skill set, yeah, you then will have a chance to play in the NBA. But they also brought in Matt Coleman, who played four years at Texas. He was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. So he had a good run in Austin. You know, Texas just underwent a coaching change. Shaka Smart leaves, goes to Marquette. They hire Chris Beard from Texas Tech. Matt Coleman didn't need a fifth year of college. And if he needed a fifth year, like, where was he going to go? He would have had options. But, like, does he go play for Shaka again and go up to Milwaukee and go play at Marquette? Does he try to play for Chris Beard and stay in Austin? Like, it just – it would have gotten weird. So, Matt Coleman is all in on the NBA draft. So, he was another guy that was in. But, yeah, like, there are guys – there are agents who know their guys likely are not going to get drafted. Mm-hmm. So, if Minnesota wants to bring you in for a workout – why not do that? Because the Wolves are likely to sign. They did it last year after the draft. Remember, they signed Ashton Higgins, the, the guard out of Kentucky. He was one of the better players that didn't get drafted. The Wolves then signed him to a two-way contract, right? So that sort of activity will happen late on draft night. Now, Higgins didn't work out for the Wolves, but it's that sort of idea that maybe a kid comes in here, he doesn't get drafted, but maybe the Wolves are impressed enough where they make some sort of two-way promise. Then that kid knows, okay, I'm not going to go back to college. Like, Minnesota has a lot of interest in signing me to a two-way contract. I'm okay with that. Amir Coffey was in a comparable situation, right, Declan? Where he didn't want to play a fourth year for the Gophers, particularly for Richard Pitino. So he decided after his third year with the Gophers, yeah, if I can secure just a two-way, that's fine if I don't get drafted. If I can just secure a two-way deal, I'm all in on going pro. And he secured that. With the Los Angeles Clippers. And I would say it's worked out relatively well mm-hmm. for Amir. He has earned some decent run with the Clippers. They are loaded. He's not going to earn second-round playoff time as they battle the Utah Jazz right now. They were great last night. Maybe he earned some garbage time because they were up by by so many points late. But it's that sort of idea. So if you're an agent and you know you've got a, a fringe draft pick, maybe he's a second-round pick, but maybe he doesn't get drafted, why not send him here, see if the Wolves are impressed, Maybe you can earn a two-way opportunity or minimum earn a spot on their summer league team that you figure because the Wolves don't have any draft picks, they'll have a couple extra spots for their summer league team. Summer league will take place in August in Vegas that you can play for their summer league team. And if you impress them in Vegas, then maybe after that you earn a two-way contract or at least a camp invite, you know, uh, an exhibit 10 deal where if you impress, maybe it turns into some sort of standard deal, or you end up with the Iowa Wolves with an opportunity to play in the G League, then build your way up, maybe eventually get called up to the NBA roster. So, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of the stuff that's going on right now when the Wolves are bringing in prospects for workouts. But, yeah, I mean, there's also a pretty, you know, it's it's an impressive Minnesota influence 
at the Combine. So I mentioned Dawson Garcia, Jalen Suggs will be there to interview with teams. You've got Matthew Hurt from Rochester. You've got Jericho Sims from Minneapolis. You've got McKinley Wright from Champlin Park High School. Former Gopher Marcus Carr will be at the Combine, the G League Combine. Sims and Wright earned flat-out NBA draft Combine invites. Hurt, too. You know, but there's a there's a strong Minnesota influence when it yeah. comes to the NBA draft, and there was last year, Declan. You know, let's not forget about, you know, Freddie Gillespie. I talked to Freddie the other day. Goes undrafted, but ends up. It worked out. It took a while, but he's now on the Toronto Raptors. It's a non-guaranteed contract for next year, but the Raptors really like Freddie Gillespie, the St. Paul native. He went to Eastridge High School. I think Freddie is going to be on the Raptors at the start of the season. Tyrell Terry, drafted by Dallas. Zeke Naji, drafted by Denver. Daniel Oturu, drafted by the Clippers. Trey Jones, drafted by the Spurs. Like, an unbelievable Minnesota influence when it comes to the NBA draft. Last year, which really wasn't that long ago, remember, it was like November, right? Into now... This summer with another strong Minnesota influence with the NBA draft. To your point, too, Dukes, about undrafted guys and earning time in summer league. I mean, look at Nas Reed, right? Nas Reed for the Wolves. It turned out to be a phenomenal signing. He was an undrafted guy, right? Did not go in the NBA draft. He has a great summer league. And now he has turned into a fantastic role player and a player off the bench for the Wolves. And is definitely a solid player in their rotation. And I know you mentioned, too, I believe in the last few scoop episodes here on Mackie and Judd that there's, there's some talks, maybe Anthony Edwards, even Jaden McDaniels might get run in the summer league. Is the plan still to give those two dudes some more run in the summer league again this year? Yeah, well, even Gerson told me that, that more than likely just one game mm-hmm. for Anthony Edwards. And that could change if Anthony decides, yeah, I don't need it. But yeah, Gerson said he can foresee Anthony playing one game in Vegas. Yeah, Jaden McDaniels will get some run in Vegas. Both those guys have been in town recently, by the way, Declan, working oh. out, so... You know, the Wolves talk about, you know, the development time here in the summer, you know, getting to work with guys one-on-one. It's nice to have some guys in the gym, including Nasreed. The way I look at Nasreed, Declan, is he was their sixth pick in 2019. The Jared Culver, unfortunately, just he hasn't worked out. I still think he maybe has a little bit of trade value. He's coming off a surgery. He's not all the way back yet from his surgery. When was that? Early May. But he'll be able to get back on the court here. I believe it was his ankle. I need to double-check that. But he had a surgery in early May out in Los Angeles. He'll be back on the court here relatively soon. I still think all it takes is one team that some team might say, you know what, he just needs a change of scenery. There was a reason why he was the sixth pick in the draft. You know, we'll make a trade for him. So I still think the Wolves can trade Jared Culver this summer. But, you know, if you want to look at it, you know, from a, from a you know, spin it positively standpoint, like, just look at it like maybe Jared Culver was the undrafted guy and Nas Reed was the sixth overall pick. Like, if you went back and redid the 2019 draft, maybe Nas Reed isn't the sixth pick, but he would be a first-round pick yeah. based on his production the first couple of years. Absolutely. Uh, Doogie, twin scoops. You know, in the last few weeks on uh, Mackie and Judd, and even with Jake DePew on Talking Twins, we've been kicking around the idea of Jose Barrios um, with twofold. Number one, can you find a contract that works for him as an extension? Or two, if this if the season really does continue to go in the tank, and I, I'm with you, they're, they're not coming back from this record. No team has ever done that before. Um, but if we get closer to the deadline and those extension talks reach an impasse or don't reach somewhere that Jose's camp likes, 
there could be a market for him. And, and rightfully so, the Twins wouldn't sell short on him. They could get some legitimate prospects. The Toronto Blue Jays could be in the market for a starting pitcher. They also have three starters who are in their uh, top 100 prospects. They have, they're have they rich in the, in the farm system on the arms. What can you tell us about Jose Barrios and, and the potential of a contract extension or maybe even being moved possibly at the deadline? Declan, it's not a could-be-a-market. There is, and there would be. And, I mean, you mentioned Toronto because I know John Morrissey has has named uh, Toronto. You know, he does fine work for, for MLB Network. I'll add the Boston Red Sox. Hmm. The Boston Red Sox, maybe unexpectedly, like I don't know if a lot of us thought the Red Sox would be this good this year, but they're good, and they have payroll flexibility. And you can make a case the Red Sox could use a really good starter that they have a bunch of, you know, number three types, you know, depending on Avaldi, maybe Avaldi can start game one of a playoff series. But, like, the Red Sox, they, they have some prospects. Like, I just – I'm telling you. And there's more teams than that, but I would not sleep on the Boston Red Sox in terms of having some interest in Jose Barrios. I'll tell you this much, Declan. I checked on Sunday, so going back two days. Mm-hmm. I was told by somebody in the know that in recent weeks, not months – but weeks that there have not been any talks. The Twins have not approached the Barrios camp about extension talks. Now, do I foresee talks picking up at some point between now and July 30th? I do. So then the question is, okay, the Twins have tried for multiple years. We can go back to 2019. We can go back a while where the Twins have tried to sign Barrios to an extension. Clearly, it has not worked out. Let's not forget that 15, 16 months ago, February of 2020, right before COVID shut everything down, the Twins took Jose Barrios to an arbitration hearing. Very rare, yeah. right? It had been a while since the Twins went all the way to a hearing. Kyle Loesch maybe many, 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 many <laughs> years ago. Typically, you just you settle. You meet in the middle, right? You yeah. don't need to have a judge actually hear uh, the case. Well, it went all the way. Uh, to an arbiter, right? And and this individual sided with the Twins. Barrios lost that arbitration case. I'm curious. I don't know this answer, Declan, but I think mm-hmm. it's worth bringing up as a talking point. I'm curious if Barrios, his camp, are still upset about that, that the Twins took them all the way to a hearing. Mm-hmm. And, hey, you know, one judge's opinion, you know, whatever. But that that they couldn't come to terms before it got – into that room you know that is there still some bitterness from that but hey make no mistake about this Barrios just wants to get paid like if the twins want to give him you know above fair market value whatever he'll forget about February of of 2020 so then the question is what is fair market value you know I tweeted the other day okay so Lance McCullers Jr. of the Astros signs an extension five years 85 million Zach Wheeler, who the Twins made a very, very nice offer to. And Zach Wheeler has been yeah. – he's been one of the ten best pitchers since he's joined Damn Philly. Good. Certainly this year. Maybe we can debate 2020. But this year, Zach Wheeler has been unbelievable. The Twins really wanted Zach Wheeler. He ends up because he wanted to stay in the National League East. He signs with the Phillies, leaves the Mets. He signs five years, $118 million. Okay, well, I think logically speaking – Brios isn't quite Zach Wheeler. Yeah. But is he above McCullers Jr.? Now, that to me is an interesting debate. Mm-hmm. Brios has durability 
clearly on his side. McCullers Jr. has dealt with some injuries. He's now finally coming back. I think he actually returns from the injured list tonight for the Astros. You know, but Barrios has that to his advantage. McCullers Jr. probably has going deeper in games, you know, pitching into the seventh inning. McCullers Jr., I would say, has that advantage. You know, but when you look at, you know, just flat out earned runs allowed, you know, I mean, there's a case you can just what I'm getting at, Declan, is you can make a case that Brios is more valuable yeah. than McCullers Jr. He's only 27 years old. Not that McCullers Jr. is an old man, but like what is a fair market deal for Jose Barrios? Like if you're the twins, would you do five years, one hundred million dollars? Let me also throw out this idea. If you're the Barrios camp, would you be interested in a three year extension? So that would cover seasons 2023, 2024, 2025. Then he can re-enter the market at the age of 31. Mm-hmm. He could still get paid. If you're banking on yeah. he's in incredible shape. Heck, we see the videos on his Instagram all winter. Yeah. All he's doing is running up and down the beach, right? Like we know he works his behind off, right? So like if you're the Brios camp, do you bank on him maintaining his durability and wanting him to re-enter the market at the young age of 31, that he could still hit the jackpot at the age of 31. You know, the, the other thing you need to keep in mind if you're the Brios camp is, if you look at the arms that currently, now this will change, guys will sign extensions, you know, so it'll change. But if you look right now at the available arms, starting pitchers, come after the 2022 season, so Brios is clearly on that list. But if you look at that full list, Aaron Nola, and some other names on that list, it's a thick list. There are going to be a lot of starting pitchers available on the market after the 2022 season. So if you're the Brios camp, do you aim to take the money now, not wanting to play that free agent game? Yes, he'll always have age on his side, but are you better off just taking the money? And that, to me, that's where I think the Twins need to go to at least five years, 100 like, I guess I would be mildly, maybe not blown away because money is money. It's hard to turn down when it's sitting there staring you in the face. Like, if Barrios is offered five years, $93 million, you know, is it possible he takes that? Sure, it's possible. Right. But I still think the Twins would need to go to $100 million or north of that. I mean, for all I know, his representation at Wasserman is aiming for the Zach Wheeler contract. They're not taking anything less than $118 million. I don't think that's true, but I don't know that. Like, I think there's probably a, a happy medium between the McCullers Jr. contract and the Wheeler contract. But, yes, I do expect, Declan, those talks to pick up again. They've had a number of talks going back multiple years. I foresee those talks picking up between now and the non-waiver trade deadline. And if the Twins can't come to a happy medium, they can't get Barrios locked up, then, yes, I think you probably need to get to the point where you're going to have multiple offers we mentioned the Blue Jays, the Red Sox. I'm telling you, there's other teams. The Twins that have their pick of a really nice offer or two, take one of those offers, make the move. But I'm in the boat, Declan. I would pay him. Yep. I would go – I would at least offer 5-100, make that the baseline, work off that. Yeah. If he says no to 5-100, then maybe kick around less term, you know, maybe at a higher annual value. There's, there's different ways, or you build in the incentives. I mean – you know, maybe not apples and apples, but like Nelly Cruz, the way the Twins got the Nelly Cruz contract across the finish line, 
was adding some incentives, right? So can you find a way to add some incentives, maybe fairly reachable incentives, but he still has to perform, you know, to hit those benchmarks. There's just, there's different ways to negotiate a contract, but I'm just telling you, those talks will pick up at some point in the coming weeks. Uh, last thing on the Twins, Doogie, I, I know we asked you last week uh, the chances of the Twins possibly even making a trade before June. Now, baseball trade deadline's weird. You know, like uh, I think, was it 2019, around this time, two years ago, the Yankees pulled off that trade for Edwin Encarnacion. But typically, it seems like baseball trades really don't happen until we get closer and closer to the deadline. Do you foresee, though, a solution, especially if, the, if this twin season continue to lose games? They wanted to use that homestand as an evaluation. They go two and four against the Yankees and the Astros in the recent homestand. Do you see a situation, though, where the, where the twins do sell off maybe a Hansel Robles or an Andreton Simmons, maybe even by the end of the month of June? Well, I hope to glean more when I talk to Falvey yeah. on Thursday, whether that's on mic or off mic. We'll see if I can get him to crack a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the twins are open for business, the old it takes two to tango, right? And it's not like, put it this way, Declan, what you're getting for Hansel Robles today is not much different from what you're getting for him on July 28th. It's just not, right? You know, and he's been pretty good. You know, I know he gave up the the deciding home run late last night in Seattle, but for the most part, Hansel Robles has been pretty good. But I'm just telling you, what you're getting now and five, six weeks from now, it's really not that much different. But you got to find the right partner, a willing partner. But there's always a willing partner when it comes to a bullpen arm that's not due that much money the rest of the year. I mean, it was a one-year, what, $2 million contract with some incentives. But, you know, he's due, you know, just over a million dollars for the rest of the season, maybe a a little north of that. You know, but that's not a a big ask for a team. But, hey, teams are still battling, you know, some financial hurdles, right, that that not every ballpark is back to 100% capacity we're we're darn near close you know but there's still there's still some of that you know in the lost revenue from last year so some teams are battling some of that some teams still just want to wait and see if they truly are a contender like wait just another three four five weeks that's what I mean when I say it takes two to tango but I'm just telling you Declan the the twins are open for business I think they can make moves on Robles on Simmons I think somebody will say you know what that glove is is far too valuable. Even though the glove here, it's been good. It hasn't been yeah. great. Yeah, He hasn't wild us, but he's been good defensively. Mm-hmm. The bat is, you know, the bat's not there, but that's not a surprise. I still think Tampa makes a lot of sense for Nelly Cruz, although Tampa's offense is top five in the league, mm-hmm. and they've been having Austin Meadows DH. What I mean by that is, to me, Meadows can play in the outfield. Cruz would be their DH, and they can rotate guys. You know, clearly they have Kiermaier and DeRozarena, but Margot can then be, you know, a late game, you know, pinch hitter, pinch runner. That that Margot is a good player, but I think Nelly Cruz would help them more. Yeah. You know, but Tampa, you know, I mean, speaking of financial restraints, Tampa has that. Yeah. Right. And Nelly Cruz is due, you know, north of six million dollars for the rest of the season. You know, so is Tampa willing to take on all that money? Probably not, Declan. So the twins would have to eat some of that contract. You know, so then you're asking for a better prospect. But Tampa might say, you know what? We're winning plenty of games without Nelson Cruz. Let's wait until, you know, July 28th, where you've now paid him that much more money between now and July 28th. We'll give you a lesser prospect then, but we'll take back more of Nelly's money. You just have to kick us $1 million, not $3 million. You know, so those are the types of talks that are happening right now. 
But yeah, I I foresee multiple moves. I just can't tell you that it's go- going to happen. You know, in the calendar month here, uh, June, Declan. But it's all the pending free agents, and it's certainly Barrios that that they will re-engage the Barrios camp, see if they can make some progress on an extension. And it's not like the extension has to get done right now. Maybe just make tangible progress that you know you can finish off the deal after the season, but you know that there's no reason to trade Barrios. You know, there's other guys in that boat too, by the way, Declan. Taylor Rogers is a free agent after next season. Tyler Duffy is a free agent after next season. Byron Buxton is a free agent after next season. So the Twins not only need to figure out where they stand on Barrios, but minimum to me, need to figure out where they stand on Buxton. And to me, I would surely figure out where I stand on Duffy and Rogers. But I'm told those talks have not taken place. I'm told so far the Twins have not talked extension with any of the pending free agents like Michael Pineda. Like to me, Declan, I know he's hurt right now, so that hurts his trade value. But I'd have no problem if the Twins could find a way to keep Michael Pineda. That Michael Pineda is in the Twins rotation next year, maybe for the next couple years. I'm cool with that. Yeah, The Twins are going to have some holes in the rotation. I'm cool if the Twins find a way to re-sign Michael Pineda. But I'm told as of a couple days ago, the Twins have not engaged the Pineda camp in any extension talks. Doogie, what do you got for rapid-fire scoops? I know you had Bernie Williams on the latest episode. I know there was some uh, stuff on the Gopher Hoops recruiting and the Minnesota Lynx. What do you got for some rapid-fire scoops to close things out here? Yeah, unfortunate for the Lynx, although the Olympic break will help. The WNBA will shut down for the Olympics for four weeks, so that will help here in a few weeks. But Ariel Powers, really good free agent addition in the offseason. Ariel Powers just came back from an injury. She comes back. She messes up her thumb. It's going to be an eight-week recovery. I'm told by a source, Declan, eight weeks for her recovery. Natalie Ochonwa was another free agent addition in the offseason. She has a knee issue, I'm told, four to six weeks. So the Lynx down uh, a couple key players, plus they have Shepard, and their first-round pick is hurt. It's just It's been one injury after another for the Lynx. But the Olympic break should help them, that, that if they can get their full roster back, maybe they can make a run come late summer after the Olympic break. I hung out with Spencer Alvarez from Columbia Heights the other day. So he committed to P.J. Fleck and the Gopher football team, Declan, late last week. Cool story because you need to go back a really long time to, to find the last Columbia Heights football player to make it Division One. Like, you need to go back to the early 80s. It's been an incredibly cool. long time. What happens is they don't, they don't really have a feeder program. A lot of kids that, that are in that school district maybe end up at Totino Grace. Right. You know, they go private, mm-hmm. so they don't go public. But anyway, Spencer Alvarez, good-looking athlete, 6'7", 248, plays basketball, also for Howard Pulley, so you know he's a good basketball player, plays baseball. He's a blocking tight end, but he has shown in camps that he can catch the ball. So he's impressed the Gophers. He only had Minnesota State Mankato in terms of an offer. And the Gophers liked what they saw, and they offered right away, and he committed right away. So P.J. Fleck feels like he has a diamond in the rough. One issue, though, is Alvarez tore his ACL last football game of the season in November. So he's close to being all the way back, but he's not quite there yet. But he should be fine when, when football workouts start in August. But just a cool story for Columbia Heights, who really doesn't produce Division One athletes. Well, I take that back. They have Zach Lofton went there. They've produced some basketball players. It's rare for Columbia Heights to produce a Division One football player. So cool story with, with Spencer Alvarez. I'm trying to think of anything else. 
Declan, I brought up Jericho Sims's name. He has draft workouts this week with the Kings and the Grizzlies. Anything else I need to get out there, Declan? I'm trying to think. Yeah, go for basketball. Workouts are underway. I was on a Zoom call, even though I was off yesterday. I just wanted to hop on with Ben Johnson. So, Ben, I asked Ben where things stand on on adding another big man. So the Gophers still have a couple scholarships they can play with. But Ben doesn't want to get to the full 13. So he's looking at adding one more player, not two. Now, if he stumbles into a second, maybe that changes. But he's on record saying he's he's looking to add probably one more big. That big is Sterling Manley, the North Carolina transfer, sure. who is weighing the pre-draft process, that, that he is going through the pre-draft process. And so he has a decision to make. But if Sterling Manley decides to play college basketball next season, the Gophers are working him incredibly hard. On Steph Mitchell, the Shakopee native, the Boston College transfer, he seems to be full steam ahead on pursuing a professional career. Now, he announced the Final Four. The Gophers are among his Final Four. Like, if you're Ben and you could get Mitchell and Manley, I suppose you'd do it. But I can just tell you, the number one target right now above Mitchell is Sterling Manley, that, that Ben Johnson would love to land Sterling Manley. Awesome stuff, Doogie. Find his podcast on the Apple's, on Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com. That's Darren Doogie Wolfson. Dukes, we'll, uh, we'll chat on Thursday, too. Declan, good job Thank for you. sure. Judd Zolgad, Wally Pip, you, <laughs> Lou Gehrig, or if you want to go with the modern succession plan, you, Kellen Mond. Yes. Judd Zolgad with those big, fat paychecks, Kirk Cousins. And Judd, not ever willing to renegotiate. Nope. Nope. He will not if, take if, the can down the road. No restructures. No Rob Brzezinski can help Judd Zolgad. Not even Rob. If you don't like the contract, he'll move on. He'll give you the middle finger and, and hit the road. <laughs> but Judd Zolgad is not renegotiating any contract. Awesome stuff, Doogie. Thank you so much, sir. Okay. See you, Declan. Bye-bye. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands like the Google Hub, a command center for your smart devices that raises the IQ of your entire home, or the Nest Learning Thermostat that helps you conserve energy and save on your bill. And if you don't know what to get, gift cards are a smart gift no matter what they get. So this year, gift smarter with savings on tools to make your holiday magic. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.